We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bears select... Welcome to Picks for Polls, presented by The Bear Report. Your number one source for everything Chicago Bears draft news, analysis, scouting reports, and more. Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, making their way to the podium, Andrew Freeman and Usaid Koshal. All right, Bears fans, welcome in to the Bear Report post-game recap here as we are breaking down this latest Bears game as they lost here in uh, Week 12 to the New York Jets, 31-10, and what was a bit of a laugh for you. Um, and you said, I'm here with you say today, Zach, you couldn't be on for this post-game recap. Uh, my name, of course, is Andrew Freeman. Um, you said, uh, before we get into our thoughts and reactions to uh, this loss for the Bears here. I'll just do a quick summary of what happened. So, obviously, Bears lost this one 31-10. It did look like it could have been a close game early on as uh, the Bears were up at one point in the first half, 10-7. to uh, We saw the offense go down and score in the first two drive, drives of the game. Um, the first drive resulted in a field goal after there was a bit of a no call on a uh, jump ball to, or back shoulder throw to chase Claypool in the end zone um, looked like there might have been a hold on, de- on the defense there or pass interference, but nonetheless, Bears get a field goal in that possession. The Jets they scored on their first possession, um, and then you know the last time the Bears scored in this one was a touchdown pass from Trevor Simeon uh, to Byron Pringle. It's his first touchdown reception, I believe, as a Chicago Bear. Um, after that, though, the Jets really really took over this one. It felt like, you know, the Bears kind of – that was like them emptying the clip on that final drive, um, that second drive of the game. They couldn't do anything on offense for the rest of this one. Um, and then the Jets just took over, especially in the second half. They were up 17-10 to 10 going into halftime and just steamrolled the Bears in the second half. Uh, Mike White, who was starting for Zach Wilson in this game, who got benched, uh, he finished the game 22-28 for 315 yards three touchdowns in the through the air. Uh, the Jets also ran, rushed for 158 yards on the ground. Um, yeah, just the defense, once again, struggling to stop anybody in this one. Uh, and then for the Bears, statistically-wise, like, you know, the passing game struggled once again besides a couple of big plays early on. Trevor Simeon, 
Finished the game 14-25, 179 yards, a touchdown, one interception, took a couple sacks against this really talented Jets front. Uh, the run game did have some success, 127 yards, um, but they also rushed the ball 30 times, so not – you know, not a lot of great efficiency going on there. David Montgomery had a decent game with 79 yards rushing, um, was also among the leaders in receiving for the Bears with 34 yards through the air there. So, you know, you said it just – this is one of those games where you kind of felt like it was going to be a laugher going into it. You know, there were rumors heading up to the start of the game that, you know, Trevor Simeon uh, – Sounded like he got hurt during warm-ups, so there was this giant controversy of Nathan Peterman potentially being the starter for this one. Turns out, I think that was probably just a ruse by the coaching staff. You know, game, gamesmanship, trying to get any edge they could because he knew that, you know, they were they were probably screwed in this one without Justin Fields. But yeah, Trevor Simeon did get the start, um, but that kind of just set the tone for this one because it, it felt like the Bears really didn't have a chance going in this game. Um, and that, that, that kind of played out in the field. So you said, um, first of all, how are you doing today, man? And then what were your quick thoughts and just general reactions to this one? Yeah, I mean, I'm doing well, first off. Thanks for asking. But when you look at the context of this game, there is, I think, so much that goes into it, right? And I think today was an embodiment of why the Bears' statistic of scoring 30 points per game is really deceiving and honestly a bit of a joke because if we're being honest what did today prove today proved that the bears offense is not very good and that justin fields really is accounting for pretty much half of that scoreboard that we've seen over the last couple weeks in the sense that 30 points per game sounds great but then when you take fields out of the equation you're coming up with you know 10 points and really a quarterback who had a very mediocre game you know so I said this a couple weeks ago on the picks for polls podcast and I'm going to say it again like the Bears in no way shape or form have a playoff caliber offense like a lot of people think they do and this latest loss was an indictment of my statement from a couple weeks ago but you look at this game overall you know and there's so much to break down because you go into the game with a number of your starters healthy and then you come out of it with you know a handful of those guys injured this is another game I think that proved there are a lot more holes on this team than a lot of people are willing to admit and that the reality of this is that next offseason sure the Bears have upwards of 100 million dollars in cap space and that there's all these you know scenarios that fans are playing out in their head and on social media about should the Bears trade up should they trade down what are they going to go ahead and do but the reality of it is that it's going to take, I think, right now, based on the way things are going, to build out a solid, well-rounded roster. It could take more than one offseason for the Bears. You know, you can't expect Ryan Poles to basically fix all the issues overnight. But what you can do is at least get the Bears moving in a respectable direction. Now, in terms of all the drama that went down before the game, which was really who's starting between Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman. I mean, I tweeted this and I pretty much said, I was like, hey, look, it doesn't really matter who starts because the reality of the situation is that this is a game the Bears are going to lose. They really don't have much going for them anyway outside of draft positioning. You know, when you're sitting here at the end of November and you're already talking about draft positioning for your NFL team, kind of just goes to show how lost the season has really been. 
Yeah, it was the entire conversation around the quarterbacks was hilarious going into this one because um, you just, it didn't really matter who's going to start Trevor Singer and Nathan Peterman. Like you said, like I thought it would have been hilarious if Nathan Peterman got the start because then, because seeing maybe some quintessential Nathan Peterman, you know, interception action right there. But uh, nonetheless, that didn't happen. You know, Simeon, for what it's worth, like I, you know, he played about what I expected him to do, um, you know, where he has some success early checking the ball down, you know, kind of playing this offense well in structure. But, I mean, we just saw it, like, because the Bears don't have receivers that can win too many one-on-one matchups, because they don't have an offensive line that can pass protect cleanly, like, there's only so much Trevor Simeon could have dealt with in the structure of this offense today. And that's kind of, like, my main takeaway is that, you, I mean, the Jets have a fantastic defense, so I'm not going to, you know, say that, like, you know, this was kind of expected for me going into this because I knew that this Jets defense just had – too much of an advantage over this group from a, a talent standpoint. And, and Sal is a really good uh, defensive coach for the Jets. But uh, we got to see what this offense looks like with, without Justin Fields. I mean, you kind of said it before, you know, just the lack of ability to get big-time plays out of this out of this offense. I think, you know, Justin Fields not having his presence hurts the running game as well. You're not nearly as, nearly as efficient there because Justin Fields is such a weapon. Um, even when he isn't carrying the ball, there's always a threat on those read option and RPO plays of, you know, him keeping the ball and getting an explosive play out of it that, you know, it, it kind of freezes the defense a little bit on those plays. And that's just not there when Trevor Simeon is in the game. Um you know, even though Trevor Simeon did some nice things early on in the passing game, like you still don't have that dynamic ability of Justin Fields to get the ball down the field and um, his ability to extend plays and move within the pocket to, um, you know, scramble and to get tough yards on those third downs. Like none of that is there. And so when you don't have that playmaking ability that Justin Fields offers you, this is the result you're going to get. You know, if they can't run the ball consistently, you know, they're not going to be able to score points. And even when you look at, you know, the, the success, the success that they did have early on in offense, a lot of it I felt like was more so the Jets, you know, just kind of coming out flat on that side of the ball on defense rather than the Bears doing anything, you know, unique or really good. You know, Claypool had a really nice catch um, down the sideline. That was nice to see. It was nice to see Brian Pringle make a tough catch in traffic there that, if we're being honest, really should have been inter- intercepted. Like, I don't know how the Jets' DP didn't intercept that thing, but credit Brian, Byron Pringle uh, for making a play on that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and there's just too, not too much to say from an offensive standpoint. Like, we knew they were outmatched going into this, especially without Justin Fields. And now you see where this offense is at without having a guy like Justin Fields in there, and it's not really good right now. We have to tell our listeners about – Odds Trader. Sports betting continues to take over the sports world, and with fall right around the corner, there's going to be action from every major league sports league across the country on our own TVs. If you're like me, you're glued to the couch watching as many games as you can. Our friends at Odds Trader have got you covered with all the odds for each major sports book from around the web, all in one place just for you. As an added bonus, Odds Trader even compares the sign-up codes and promos so you get the best deal possible. When you're trying to find the best book, it's always best to have the best sign-up codes and promotions. Sometimes those even come with boosts, even additional money deposits. The app gives you a complete rundown on any game, including statistics, injuries, key game stats, game day weather, keeping you, the fan, as informed as possible. And sometimes if you're like us... You've got multiple bets going at once. Odd Trader will keep track of them all in one place for you. So what we want you guys to do is this. 
head over to oddtrader.com slash blue wire. Once again, that's oddtrader.com slash blue wire, the number one website for all your game day bets. Speaking of not good, the defense once again was not good. We knew this was going to be the case kind of going into it. Like they haven't played well over the last month or so anyway. Um, the level of talent out there is just, it's ridiculously bad right now. Um, and they were going at this game without Jaquan Brisker and without Keller Gordon. So the secondary was definitely down some bodies here. And we know that the front seven needs a lot of help in terms of, you know, talent moving forward into the offseason anyway. So when you're missing some key starters on in the secondary and you already have a bad front seven, I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster. And, you know, Mike White just completely picked this defense apart. We saw it early on in that first drive. It seemed like, you know, every single completion, you know, he was throwing some wide open guys, quickly getting the ball out of his hands. And even when he had to hold on to the ball, this pass rush is just toothless right now. Um, the Bears finally got a sack in this one. So, I mean, that's kind of a, a positive, like a, a sack from the defensive line, I should say. Um, Armand Watts, I saw this um, out there on Twitter. I forgot who tweeted it first, but um, Armand, Armand Watts got a sack for the Bears in this one. This is the first time that a Bears defensive lineman got a sack since week six for the Bears. So it's been about six weeks since the Bears defensive lineman has actually gotten in there and gotten a sack on a quarterback. And that's just embarrassing for a pass rush here at the NFL level. Like even you would expect, um, you know, a, a comp- some like somewhat, somewhat competent pass rush to get um, a sack once or twice here or there um, throughout the course of his, of a five to six week period. But the Bears defensive line to get nothing for six weeks straight out of this, out of this from a pass rushing standpoint. Uh, ju- that's just embarrassing stuff. So um, I, I guess that's a good thing to see. But otherwise, they were toothless in this one. Um, the run defense for the Bears wasn't very good. I think the Jets were averaging averaging like five and a half yards per carry, and it really started to get bad late in this one um, when the game was you know kind of out of reach. Like the run defense really started to fall apart then. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, the big story I guess for this one, I guess if we want to get move on to our next subject here is you know injuries. You know the Bears suffered a couple of injuries in this one, which is going to be key moving forward, I believe, because, you know, some of the players that did go down are going to be key starters for them and are key starters for them. And we'll start off with Eddie Jackson. Um, He went down um, early in the first half on a um, play where the Jets scored a touchdown. Um, Good throw from Mike White to Garrett Wilson, who um, got open on a, I believe it was like a dig route or a crossing route, something like that. Um, You know, drew a couple of defensive players out. And Eddie Jackson, you see him on on the screen there, and he's just sitting on the ground holding his foot. Um, And it was a non-contact injury. So the first thing I'm wondering when I saw that play was, man, did he tear something in his knee? Was it, you know, maybe did his Achilles pop or something like that? Like my thoughts immediately go to the worst possible scenario. It sounds like it's not going to be that serious. It sounds like it's more – relates to the foot, like a foot sprain or maybe a list Frank injury, which um, would be much better for his long-term prospects. Um, but, I mean, if that's – I hope that's the case. I haven't heard any official word on Andy Jackson's injury. It sounds like it isn't going to be as serious as it looked like on the first viewing. But, you know, him going down for any significant part of time – portion of time is huge because uh, this Bears secondary, he's he's been so good for the Bears this year. It's really been his research – season for Eddie Jackson. So to see him go down like that um, was definitely disheartening to see. You're right. Disheartening is the correct term to use for context. Eddie Jackson went down and I'm speaking in real time here, right? He went down around, I want to say one or 2 PM central time. And I'm sorry about one Oh 
5 p.m. Central Time, right? So you're looking at right around the second quarter of the game, halfway through the second quarter, and then around 1.10, right? The Bears went ahead and they tweeted saying, hey, listen, Eddie Jackson's been ruled out with a foot injury, right? So the thing is when you have a team PR account tweet out that quickly that, hey, a player is down, you know what, you probably – means that or i'm sorry it probably means that something good is not up now i will say this right friday jackson i mean he's been a player that i thought has really been relatively healthy throughout his career the last i think major injury he had came back in 2018 when the bears beat the packers at soldier field to clinch the division and eddie intercepted aaron Rodgers and effectively allowed the bears to go ahead and win the division but this is one of those injuries that the Bears really couldn't afford for this to happen. And why is that? Because you have a defense, as you've mentioned, that is not playing well already. And then you get rid of your longest, I'm sorry, your longest tenured player on defense goes down with a significant injury. And that really right there is kind of the heart and soul of the entire unit and one of the most respected leaders in the locker room. So to see this happen in the middle of what is now a five-game losing streak, really is brutal for a team that needs any sort of kind of pick me up and confidence moment that it can get right now. And then you look at other players that went down for the bears, right? You're talking about a number of starters. I mean, Chase Claypool at one point left the game, was in the blue tent. You had Darnell Mooney go back to the locker room. Riley Reef also went back to the locker room. Dane Crookshank, who is a pretty decent defensive back, a nice little depth piece, right? He goes out of the game and he's ruled out. And then on top of it, you look at, you know, Larry Borm, I think at one point went down too, and Equinemia St. Brown as well. So for the bears, what hurts the most in this game, when looking at these injuries is your top three wide receivers and Mooney Claypool, as well as St. Brown went down with injuries and then Eddie Jackson going down as well. And so, where this team is really at right now is that you're looking at guys who are not even going to be on the roster next year that are going to be starting in week 13 and possibly well beyond. Yeah, and the Bears have their bye week coming up next, not next week. Next week is Packer week, but the week after that. So I, I think, you know, getting to that bye week, um, it's going to be huge for them just to get a little bit more healthy. But like you said, like they got banged up on this one. And, you know, the Giants – New turf at MetLife Stadium. It's gotten, you know, it's gotten criticized in the past. There's been a bunch of non-contact injuries going on on that on that turf for um, some time now this year. I think going back to last year as well. So that's clearly an issue that's got to be brought up um, to the NFL at some point where they got to fix that um, at that stadium. But yeah, man, let's see Eddie Jackson go down. Um, he's probably going to be down for an extended period of time, even though it isn't as serious as it, it appeared to be. Um, but you look at the offensive side of the ball, like you said, like Riley Reef, he went down with an injury, um, and Larry Borm came in to replace him. And I thought when that first happened, I thought, okay, are they doing like a rotation between Larry Borm and Riley Reef at this point? And no, it, it turns out that you know Riley Reef did get hurt and he was out for the rest of the game. Larry Borm, you know, eventually gave up a sack in this one. Um, so that was a significant injury in this one. Uh, but like you said, I think Darnell Mooney is probably the other biggest big injury here because um, he went down, he got rolled up on on a running play. Um, the Bears were trying to run the ball. And get the, they were like on their own goal line, and they were trying to run the ball and just get some breathing room there. David Montgomery made a nice play, but um, 
uh, Darumuni, he's blocking, gets rolled up on. Um, looked like it was a bit of an ankle injury uh, that might have been the issue there. So hopefully that isn't serious. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know if that's a sprain, like a high ankle sprain or something like that. He's probably going to be out for a pretty significant amount of time as well. So quickly you're looking at you know the level of talent on this roster already being what it is, and some of that you know quote unquote top talent on the roster is going down. Um, like crazy here just from this one game. And like you said, Chase Claypool, he goes down. Um, I don't know if he got knocked out of this game or if he just got sh- shaken up a little bit, but it looked like there's a non-contact um, injury for his lower body as well. And I don't know because that was a play where he was going up for like a jump ball. It was a high throw from Simeon um, late in the fourth quarter. Um, and it looked like he just came down awkward. And I don't know if he like maybe sprained something or maybe just got shaken up for a little bit, but I don't recall him coming back in the game to play either after that play happened. So uh, I'm curious to see how he is moving forward because, you know, we did get to see Chase Claypool, you know, get a little bit more involved in the offense, which was, you know, one positive from this game, I guess. But, yeah, just a lot of injuries, a tough game for this one overall. And, um, yeah, just not a ton of good to take away here. But if we're going to look at any positive here, let's get into our studs and duds for today, starting off with our studs. So um, for this one, we're going to be doing two studs and two duds each. Each, um, You said I'll start with our studs. Uh, let's get to our positive, I guess, for this one. Who are your two studs from this game today? Yeah, so my two studs were number one, Jack Sanborn had 14 combined tackles. So he's really a player that I think is coming along nicely here. He has continued to just allow the game to come to him. The game has slowed down. And what we saw the first couple weeks of Jack Sanborn starting was that he was over pursuing. He was being over aggressive. He looked lost in coverage at times. Now it's more so he's understanding, hey, as a linebacker in this defense, I just have to continue to flow to the football. And so he, I think, is one of those guys that is slowly auditioning and putting himself in place to be able to start next season and possibly well beyond that. And then I would say this, right? My second start in, I'm sorry, my second stud in this game is got to be DeAndre Houston Carson, right? He's starting in place of Jaquan Brisker. And one of the big things I love about DeAndre Houston Carson is he is, I think, the second longest tenured bear right behind Cody White here. He was a fourth round pick in 2016. And so to see him be as reliable he has over the last couple of years really speaks to his work ethic, his mentality, how respected he is in the locker room. Again, in this game, he had nine total tackles. So Overall, you know, Houston Carson's one of those guys that I think that any coaching staff and any front office would want in their locker room, knowing the impact that he has just from a moral standpoint, but also a leadership standpoint. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I thought uh, Sanborn and DHC both had pretty solid games. I know the defense as a whole didn't play well, but Sanborn, like you said, he racked up the tackles. He was a force in the run game, um, and he was just all over the place for a good portion of this game. And um, DHC, I, I remember the one hit he had, I forget which receiver it was for the Jets, but he made a play, I think it was on Garrett Wilson, where he he broke up a pass, hit Wilson pretty hard um, early in this game. And, um, yeah, I I agree with you. DHC is one of those solid players that you just know what you're getting out of him. You know, he's not a long-term starter or anything, but you know that if an injury goes down, you need someone to step up. He's going to be ready to go. He's going to play well for you. So I agree. DHC had a pretty good game in this one as well. Uh, for me, I'll start with my studs. Um, one of my studs is going to be going to David Montgomery. Uh, like I mentioned before, uh, he led the Bears in total yards in this one. He had 79 rushing yards and 34 yards through the air. Um did a nice job for my fantasy football team, I will say. Um, uh, averaging five and a half yards for carry about. I mean, he really was the offense in this one. Um, made a couple plays after the catch that were nice to see. Um, just picking up a lot of tough yards um, against a really talented Jets defense. Um, you know, again, not a ton to say, but uh, Dave Montgomery, I thought he had a strong game. And I mean, this is gonna this is a game that he's going to want to have because, you know, the run game just has not been nearly as dynamic since Khalil Herbert went down with an injury a couple of weeks ago. And that's going to put more pressure on David Montgomery to have to pick up more tough yards and be more productive in the run game. And um, today he certainly was. I thought he had a really nice game. Um, it's kind of like the lone guy for this bears offense out there. And, you know, outside of that, I mean, there really isn't a ton of positives. Um, I, you know, in terms of guys that really stood out in this one, um, I guess if I'm going to pick anybody here um, and, you know, the list of guys is, is going down a little bit uh, for this one, but I'll say that Byron Pringle, I'll, I'll give him a stud. He made two, you know, tough contested catches in this one. That one he made for a touchdown was a really tough play. Um, like I said before, it probably should have been intercepted by the Jets DB. I think that was DJ Reed on the play. Um, but, you know, Byron Pringle made a nice play to kind of just rip the ball from him um, and get that touchdown. You know, Pringle's had a rough year for the Bears. You know, he was brought in as really the lone, you know, addition to this Bears receiving core, and he was expected to play a much bigger role this year than he has. And a lot of that has been due, due to injury. Um, hasn't really been able to see the field a lot, but – you know, he started to make a couple of plays here and there the last few day, last few games, I should say. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure if he's a guy that they're going to want to prioritize bringing back next year. But, you know, he, he's got a couple of weeks here, a few games left to kind of prove that he's a guy that this regime can bring back. And he can be kind of, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you call a long-term piece, but maybe a guy that can contribute next year um, as a third or fourth wide receiver for this group um, because they need, you know, they need another receiver to step up here. So um, Pringle doing some nice stuff in this one. So I, I want to give him a shout out as well. Uh, let's get to our duds for this one, though. You said, who are your two duds for this game? I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a long list to choose from. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There is a pretty long list to choose from. I think for me, you know, the first stud has clearly 
got to be Trevor Simeon. I mean, this is someone who I thought, you know, and again, we know what Trevor Simeon is as an NFL quarterback, but I think ultimately, you know, Trevor kind of came out firing, had a number of checkdowns, but really as the game went on, you know, he was kind of the reason as to why the Bears ended up losing the game. He was 14 to 25, 179 yards, a touchdown, an interception, and a passer rating of 75.2. Not really exactly what you would call inspiring by any means. When you look at Simeon in this game overall, I mean, there is one thing I give him credit for, which is targeting Chase Claypool early and often. If you're the Bears, that's actually favorable for you because now you are showing Justin Fields that, hey, listen, it's okay to kind of sit back there in the pocket and just throw it up to Chase Claypool, let him go ahead and make a play. And then my second dud, you know, I feel like this is tough to pick, but it's got to be Vela Schoen Jr. I know he didn't see much action, but he did have two rushing attempts for six yards, had a seven-yard carry. But what irks me about Vela Schoen Jr., and I feel like every time he comes up is I just tend to rag on him. I think that a lot of this is self-inflicted by Velas, but the first play of the game, which Velas was in, there was a sweep to... I'm sorry, it was a toss to the left side. Velas nearly fumbled it. You know, when you're the Bears, you can't be backed up inside your own 20-yard line and then afford to have bad sweeps and bad pitches, bad tosses like that. Ultimately, it's just one of those cases where when I look at Velas Jones Jr., I don't know if he really has a role on this team, right? We went into kind of training camp hoping there was going to be a role for him throughout training camp. He talked extensively about how the Bears were training him at F, X, and Z, which is the three wide receiver positions. So you kind of begin to think, hey, there might just be something brewing with a player who was clearly overdrafted. But the reality of it is that Velas has been inactive the last couple of weeks and he was not inactive this week, but he's been inactive because of moments like the one in today's game where there was nearly a fumble and then he went ahead and recovered it, right? He's been inactive because it's been very clear. He hasn't shown the coaches in games enough or in practices. Hey, I deserve to have a big role on this team. Yeah. Jones has had a, a rough rookie year to say the least. Um, just, Hasn't hasn't integrated himself well um, to this offense so far. Like you said, I mean, we knew he was overdrafted going to, into last year's draft, so I don't want to belabor the point there. But certainly, a little bit, it's concerning to see him not find a role still as, as a third round pick for this regime. Um, but there there is some season left for him, maybe to maybe get going a little bit here. Um, as for me, I mean, it was, it's tough for me to choose individuals um, because so many of them just played really poorly in this one. I, I could talk all day about the defensive line, not getting any, any pressure, um, you know, getting bullied in the run game. Um, the secondary, you know, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, those guys just, they, they had breakout games essentially because these guys are starting to cover them. Um, and then the offensive line just, you know, not r- run blocking efficiently um, pass protection when they did have the pass protect wasn't great. So I'll say my, my first, uh, I'll go with Larry Borum. Um, he came in to replace Riley reef and went down with an injury after the first drive in this one. And, you know, Borum, he's actually – he hasn't been terrible this year for the most part when he has started and played, um, but he's clearly somebody that you need to protect out there as um, as a tackle because, you know, the, he's just he, – he's flawed as a player, and we, we knew this going in um, to this season. Um, he's not the greatest run block in the world right now, um, and, you know, certain matchups do give him fits 
at that right tackle spot. But for in general, he's held up pretty well there. But today's game, it felt like he was getting beat quite a bit. And, you know, I'm going to have to dig in on rewatch um, to see what, you know, what, what was the case going on there? Because, you know, with offensive line play, it can only seem like sometimes um, based off of the direction of the game is going that they may play worse than you originally than reality um, on first viewing than second viewing. But there is definitely a play this one that was on Larry Bourne that, that we can make that case for sure. Um, there was a play where the Jets were showing, I think, a five-man blitz. And I don't know what happened, but Larry Bourne, I guess, got confused with who he's supposed to block because he originally sets inside as if he's going to be taking a blitzer or something like that, or taking on a stunt or whatever, and just completely ignores the edge rusher who goes in and just gets an easy sack on Trevor Simeon. And those are plays that just can't happen. And for a guy like Larry Borum, who's kind of playing for his job at this point, because he was a starter to begin the year, he got hurt. Riley Reeve came in. He's played pretty well as a solid veteran that he is um, over the past couple of weeks. Um, and Larry Borman, it seems like he's not going to get that job back unless Riley Reef is out for an extended period of time. And he needed to show himself well um, playing in this one. And, you know, plays like that are just not going to go down well uh, for this coaching staff here. Um, and then for my final dot, it's, it's tough to say. Um, but if I'm going to go with anybody here, um, I, I'd probably say, you know, I'm just going to say, the front four in general, like this, this front four is not playing well. Um, Armand Watts probably had the highlight of the day where he had that sack, but um, yeah, it's tough for me to pick out individuals when they're all playing so poorly. Like Dominique Robinson, you know, he's kind of regressed a little bit. He's hit that rookie wall, so to speak. Uh, Travis Gibson, you know, he hasn't made a ton of plays over the last few weeks. It seems like, you know, he's kind of hit that wall as well, you know, as a player in his third year that you thought would maybe this would be kind of like a, a quote unquote breakout year for him. Hasn't really been the case um, lately. Um, Justin Jones, you know, he's, he's not a difference maker at that three tech position like this defense needs. So um, yeah, just week after week, it's the same story with this group. They're getting beat up front um, in the run game. They're getting pushed around. They're not getting pressure on quarterbacks. Um, and they're not generating sacks. So it's, it's, it's the same thing over and over again. But, you know, it's just tough for me to single out one player when the entire group is just letting each other down on a consistent basis. Um, and with that, you know, let's just get to wrapping this up here, you said. So um, going into next week's game against the Green Bay Packers, what are your final thoughts here? And, you know, with all the conversation on Justin Fields' health, like do you think he's going to play next week? Um, yeah, again, what are your th- final thoughts for this one? Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
I mean, it's a fair question to ask should Justin Fields play next week. Now, I reflect back on what Phil Emery said nearly a decade ago. I reflect on what Ryan Pace and Ryan Poles said. All three of them said pretty much the same thing. Hey, you know, we want to close the talent gap. We want to take the NFC North. We want to never give it back. We're going to build a team that's going to beat the Packers. And I think for the Bears to even have a legitimate chance at winning next week against Aaron Rodgers, who's been playing with a broken thumb. I think Justin Fields has to play right as a general manager. You can't make this statement. We're going to take the North and never give it back and not have your franchise quarterback be playing next week. For me, I look at it this way. We don't know what 2023 is going to look like for the bears. It's time to stop waiting for Aaron Rodgers to leave green Bay and, retire or go somewhere else, force a trade, sign with another team, whatever the case may be. For the Bears next week, I think represents and can represent if Justin Fields is fully healthy, the passing of the torch in the NFC North. And we'll get into it in the offseason too in about five to six weeks here. But ultimately, like the Packers have of all four of the NFC North teams and of all the teams in the NFC, they've got probably the bleakest outlook with the way that Aaron Rodgers' contract is structured, right? So for the Bears, I'm going to say it once I said it again, it's time to start building a team that's going to beat the Packers. It's kind of time to take the NFC North torch and never look back. And that starts with having Justin Fields get his first win against Green Bay at home next week in a game that, you know, a lot of fans should be in attendance for. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I I don't really have any more thoughts on this game against the Jets. I think I've kind of said my piece for this one, but looking forward to next week, I kind of have mixed feelings because, you know, Part of me feels like um, that you want to keep this train going in terms of, you know, the Bears have lost five in a row. Right now they are set up to have the second overall pick in next year's draft um, because Carolina, the Carolina Panthers, they were ahead of the Bears. They won today. So the Bears, they are in that second slot. And um, being in that second slot right now with, you know, a lot of the top quarterbacks up there, um, and some of the top defensive players that are up there um, is going to be huge for them in terms of, you know, getting value um, to build this roster out long-term. But if we're looking at this from a short-term standpoint, you know, it is Packers week coming up. And, you know, if, if there's one exception I'll make this year in terms of the Bears getting a win here, it's going to be that Packers game because I want to see this Packers team fall into flames and just completely – um, fall apart at the seams here. And they are on the verge of doing that. It's just a matter of when, not if. Um, like you said, like they go into next year, um, Aaron Rodgers with that contract, you know, some of the free agents th- that they have and the cap situation that they're in, like it's not looking good for them long-term. And they've certainly struggled this year. And it's it's just been a really bad year for the Packers. And I would love that to- for that to continue with the Bears win here to kind of, you know, send Aaron Rodgers packing for the year because, you know, there, there's part of me that thinks that if Aaron Rodgers, he's been dealing with that thumb injury, that if they lose the next couple of weeks here, Aaron Rodgers might just shut it down for the season. They might just go to Jordan Love and see what they have there because he is a guy that they have to make a decision on um, soon, whether they're going to extend his fifth-year option or even consider building around him after Aaron Rodgers is gone or not. So um, that's something I'm looking forward to. But at the same time, you also want to balance that the fact that, you know, Justin Fields, the number one 
priority right now for him is his health. So if he's ready to, it's all about whether he's ready to go and whether that shoulder injury that he has can get worse or not. If you feel like it's a situation where he's healed up to the point where it's not going to get too much worth worse by him playing, then I, I, I can see a scenario where, yeah, you say go for it. But part of me also feels like it's probably best for him long-term to just take another week off, get to the bye week, um, because three weeks of rest here is going to be huge for him in terms of getting back healthy, and then he can come back for the final stretch of the season and you know get some momentum going for the end of the year. So part of me wants him to play because you know I want to see the Packers lose, and Justin Fields gives the Bears the best chance to win. But also it's like you know the Bears they're they are in a prime tanking position right now. I know a lot of Bears fans don't want to hear this, but they're in a prime tanking position right now to get that number two overall pick. And Justin Fields isn't 100%. I don't mind just, you know, letting Trevor Simeon be the sacrificial lamb and, you know, letting that happen. But, you know, it's it's always tough when it comes to Packers week. Obviously, you want to see the Packers lose is my, you know, my my first instinct. But um, obviously a lot at play for next week's game. And, you know, with that, I think it's going to wrap it up for us here for this post-game recap. Don't want to spend too much time on that because we're going to be definitely previewing that throughout this week as well on the Picks for Polls podcast. So uh, before we end things here, uh, you said where can our listeners find you on social media and find your work at the Bear Report? Yeah, guys, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Usaid Koshal. Check out my work on the Bear Report. I have a couple post-game articles dropping as well as a weekly NFC North recap each week. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure to give you say to follow. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at AJFreeman25. You can find my work on the Bear Report as well. Make sure to follow on for my Tracking the Trenches series on the Bear Report, uh, where I break down offensive line and defensive line play for the Bears. And make sure to check out our uh, the Bear Report on YouTube, obviously. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe below on our videos there. Um, and also keep an eye out for a Bear Report, the Bear Report YouTube channel because I'll be posting a video on Justin Fields within the next week or so um, is where this timeline is at right now. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. Going to be breaking down his development throughout the course of this 2022 season. So looking forward to that. But, you know, without further ado, Bears fans, you know, it was a rough uh, week this one. In this one, you know, this wasn't a fun game to watch necessarily. Um, but, you know, hopefully brighter days are ahead for this Bears team. They've lost five in a row now. Uh, we have Packer week coming up. So uh, looking forward to um, – what should be a fun week of discussion there. And until next time, Bears fans, uh, have yourself a great rest of your week and bear down. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com